4: The World Championships are over, the 2020-21 season, what there was of it, has ended, so what do we talk about now? Let's just speak to people and find out what's happening with them. Ben Bounds talks GB and what's next for him, Kevin Carr is coming back to Nottingham and he can't wait, Witness Wild coach Richard Hagger has a smile as big as the nearby River Mersey, while Craig Garrigan is a Dundee star again. You're listening to the BIH Show. Craig Anderson and welcome to the show. We're now in that time of year when competitive ice hockey is all over and we're counting the days until a new season begins. Well what a difference a year makes. One team skating off with a trophy to show for their efforts was Witness Wild who came out on top in the NIHL playoffs which took place at Ice Sheffield at the weekend. They along with Slough Jets, Milton Keynes Thunder and Sheffield Scimmeters all met up to try and win the final competition of the season, and there were fans present to enjoy it in person. Schematars in the first semi-final set up their final date with a 6-5 overtime win over MK Thunder, thanks to Jack Brammer. Then Kieran Brown helped inspire Wild to a 5-3 win over Slough Jets in the other semi-final to tee up an All-Northern final on the Sunday. Witness and Sheffield had met six times in the previous NIHL Cup competitions in a disrupted season and this was a game seven in more than one sense It was Wilde though, who were victorious in the end with the trophy and under the auspices of player coach Richard Hager in his first coaching job. Well done to Witness Wilde and the EIHA for getting this and the previous tournaments and it's been certainly a great help to the teams and players who have competed in the last few months so well done to everyone involved. So it's only right that we got a word with the winning coach Richard Hager and he was still beaming when I spoke to him on zoom earlier in the week and i put to him that this coaching lark must be easy following his success at the weekend
3: <laughs> i wish um no it was a good it was a good experience um and I, I can only be grateful for what witness have given me this opportunity to to do what i've done and to come away with a victory as well at the playoff weekend was only a bonus and to finish on such a high uh, with a great set of guys was, was a great experience
4: how have you found it this year? Because it's it's not just been a it's not been a continuous season as we're we're all used to in the country. Obviously, the pandemic has put paid to that, but you know, a succession of a, a small tournaments just to get you get you going again, get you started, and it's culminated in that weekend. What's that been like? It it, it
3: was a strange feeling at first, especially um uh, on the the first COVID cup that we had, um, and just being involved with no fans, no nobody around. So it was a strange feeling, but then once you're on the ice, you just want to play ice hockey, and um, that that was the one thing that I can only be grateful for that I was able be able to be a part of that. Um, And and then this time around to get the opportunity to be player coach, um, it's it's really opened my eyes and gave me some experience going into this next season um, to to be able to see what it's like get my feet on the ground. Um, and get it up and running and ready for, for next season. So, hopefully we can continue the success that we've now started with.
4: That's it, you've set a benchmark there. But how have you found the transition into coaching, especially when you're, you're still playing as well? How have you, how have you found that so far?
3: Um, it, the, obviously, you come across obstacles because you, you still want to be involved in the game. You, you want to be playing as much as possible. But... Um, you've got to balance it at the end of the day and you've got to to take what's right for the team as well as for yourself. But I have great support in the background from the likes of Mark Gillingham and Wes Spirit, um, who's both supporting me. Um, Gilly is, is the guy that runs the bench when I, I'm playing, so I couldn't do it without them two. Um, but we work as a team, we play as a team as well, so... Um, it it works out pretty well and it has done um, this series
4: and I'm curious as well having spoke to a lot of player coaches through the years I'm curious about the reliance you've got on having someone like Mark on the bench who, who sees things obviously differently to you because you're in the, the thick of the action how reliant do you become on
3: that? Uh, well they're invaluable really um, uh, as you rightly say when you're in the thick of a game you do see things differently so to have two points of view um, sometimes it's a bonus as well because you see things on the ice and when you're involved in the game, you see it differently to how they see it. So having that working relationship with somebody like Gilly is uh, it's very helpful um, to be able to, to then put both ideas together and come up with a plan and work together to get the outcome that um, we, we wanted. And, um, and we got where we wanted it to be in the end. And as I say, it's, it's obviously working very well so far.
4: It's good because as I talk to you, I can see the smile on your face, and it must be—it must have been like that all week for you.
3: <laughs> oh, definitely, and the, the smile ain't come off my face yet.
4: <laughs> now, we can tell us about the build-up leading up to the weekend. Obviously, a playoff weekend is fantastic in any normal year. He says "normal" with the inverted commas. But what was it like for you guys, knowing that you were getting into this arena? These other three teams were there, and there was going to be fans there. Well,
3: I, I think. The first aspect is we, we wanted to go into it playing the hockey that we know we're capable of. We've had highs and lows through the series. We've played to our capability, but then we've also had a few games where we haven't played to the best of our ability. So we went into this weekend knowing what we needed to do and, and how to do it. It was just bringing all that together. The second aspect being is we had a pretty young team as well. So putting them guys together, keeping them calm and... Making sure that we got the best out of them, especially as you rightly say, there was fans there, which made it even better. It made it felt like a real hockey game as well. So um, that brings its own excitement. It brings its own uh, nervousness to a game as well, and it changes. It can change the complex of a game as well. So bringing all that together, it was. I think everybody was so excited just to get out onto the ice to see people sat in the stands to have people cheering. The booing aspect, um, as you get with hockey, but it it couldn't be it couldn't have been any better. At the end of the day, I think the IHA have done a great job in, in putting that um, competition together for us to be able to be on the ice with fans in the stand so soon um, after it's all been put together. That it, it was only a great a great experience for myself.
4: And this is going to sound like a really strange question, but considering it's been that long. That you've played without fans, was it in any way strange to be playing in front of fans again? If you follow what I'm saying,
3: yeah, it, it is because you're just used to having that sort of tunnel vision. Um, of you go on the ice, you you're just performing. Even though they were streamed, you don't. The, there's nobody there, so it takes away that aspect that you don't see um, and hear people around the rink. It's literally you're focused on your game. And I, th- I think it's been said in many sports, you can literally hear the hits, you can hear what people are saying, everything. So then, when there's fans there, that's all taken away. Um, so it brings its own dynamic to a game. And um, yeah, it, it is a bit. It was a bit strange, but very good at the same time.
4: But it must have given your lungs that little bit more air, knowing there was fans in the building that you can. That they were making noise and, and cheering you on as well. That gives it a different, a different dimension, doesn't it?
3: Yeah, it definitely does, and I think that's what I think we got the best out of our team over the weekend um, because of it. Um, as you say, some of the guys that we've got around there are used to playing in front of fans. Whether it's Widnes um, or the, the Leeds and the Sheffield guys that we brought in, they're, they was used to always playing in front of fans. So to be to have them back in that rink and back in an environment that they're, they're used to. I think it played into to our hands really as well and I think that's why you saw the best out of the guys that were on the ice uh, throughout the weekend.
4: Apart from the wins themselves and, and taking home the trophy, what pleased you most from what you saw at the weekend?
3: Yeah, I, I think it was just, it has to be the fans being in the, in the ring. Um, it doesn't matter what team that was there, whether it be Slough, MK, uh, Witness and Sheffield, Looking around the rink and even um, whilst we're warming up, you saw shirts from so many different teams around that rink um, that you just see the community aspect of ice hockey and what uh, has been missing throughout this period. So it has to be the fans in the rink for me um, being there and seeing uh, live games again in person.
4: And I was looking, looking at the weekend. I didn't catch the games until earlier in the week there. But how good was Keenan Brown for you, particularly over the weekend? Um, what was that, eight points over the two games? What a phenomenal return.
3: Yeah, he's a, he's a phenomenal talent at the end of the day. And he's got so much potential going forward. And I think that can be said for, for several of the guys that we brought in. The, the likes light, the of Joey Colter, Jordan Griffin, Adam Barnes. Um, all all of these guys there's even Brady Doxy um, in there as well that you can throw into the mix, these are all very young kids that have got a lot of potential going forward Um, and that that was partly my aim to bring these guys in, to give them the opportunity to get back on the ice um, and show what they're capable of Um, so I, I think, like you say, Kieran is an outstanding talent and he's got a bright future ahead of him um, and I think, like you say, eight points in two games, it's, it speaks for itself, doesn't it?
4: Sure does. Now, overall, playing in the mini tournaments, how beneficial has it been for the club over the, the course of the last year? Not just on the ice, because it's helped those guys get out of their houses, get playing again, but f- for the club as a whole, that, that sense of community, I think, Widness certainly have.
3: Yeah, and, that, and that's something that's quite new to myself as well. Obviously, I've played against Wydness, um for, for Hull for the last four years now, and um I, I was as I say I was lucky enough to be able to to be a part of what witness have had um throughout these two series so it's the reason why I'm back um uh, and the reason why I'm staying for next season um because of the people around the club, the setup that they have um uh, and what their potential going forward themselves have, that they have is is something that um it's very difficult to find. I can only be grateful for the community aspect, for the staff, the, the people around that club that open, that welcome me with open arms. So um, it, it's only a, a great um, club for me. So that's why I'm back.
4: And have you been allowed to enjoy this weekend or has planning already started for next season?
3: <laughs> I, I would say it, it hasn't, but yeah, <laughs> yes, we've already started for next season. Um, we're already looking to, to set up what we want to do, and and obviously look at the players that we want to bring in as well. So um, it starts early. Um, there isn't that long when you think about it to the season starting. It's only probably a couple of months. So we want to make sure that we're prepared and and that we are ready for this new season because Witness is going to be in the Division One, um, which is a whole new challenge for them on their own. So the the obviously their history is all based in Division Two uh, of North. So it's going to be a new coaching setup, new management set-up and a new league um, as well for Widness. But it's all exciting and it's, it's all a challenge that I think Widness are more than capable of um, with the players and the staff, as I say, that they've got in and around the club.
4: And of course, it's going to be your first time properly recruiting a team for a full season as well. Having spoken to many coaches, I think they they say quite a high percentage of that is is the recruitment side of it. Is this a major challenge for you as you make your steps into into coaching?
3: Of course, because you've still got to to bring in the players that you want to bring in and you've got to bring in the players that suit the way that you want to play. Um, So I have my ideas. I have my philosophy of what I want to do and how I want to do it. So, the, the next challenge is, as you rightly say, bringing in them players that I, I want to be able to play the way I want to play as well.
4: Welcome back to the BIH show, part of the Sports Social Network. Before the break, you heard Richard Hager, the witness, wild player, coach, and winner of the NIHL playoffs at the weekend. And best of luck to him in the new season after confirming he'll return. For another season. Well, as we start to ponder the start of a season, especially this year of all years, fans are really getting excited about signing news again. Social media is awash with people adding their gossip and secondhand information, and some of the tidbits we hear are certainly interesting. We've decided however to talk to a couple of guys who have definitely confirmed their futures for the next year and later on you'll hear from Craig Garrigan about his return to hometown club Dundee Stars. In Nottingham note the Panthers are welcoming back netminder Kevin Carr who played for them in 2019-20 and has spent part of this season with ECHL side Utah Grizzlies and AHL outfit Colorado Eagles. Kevin joined us to talk about his year since leaving Nottingham and his return to the city where I asked him how long it took him to decide on a return to England.
1: Uh, Not too long at all. Yeah. When I had talked to, I had stayed in touch with uh, Guillaume Doucette and uh, Tim Wallace head coach uh, throughout the season, you know, wish them all luck uh, in the elite league series. Um, I I had resigned to come back for this year or last year anyways. Um, Unfortunately the season got canceled and I had to find a job uh, anywhere. Um, But yeah, I was really happy to see them do well. Obviously that was amazing. And um, yeah, like I said, I stayed in touch with them throughout the season and wished them all the best. And then when you know the season was over, then we had talked we had talked a little bit more about uh, coming back, and it was a no brainer for me. I think it's a great opportunity. Um, I really love the the city. I love Nottingham a lot. The fans are unbelievable. The team was great. Organization solid. So, yeah, it was a, it was a no brainer for me. I find a lot of guys are pleasantly surprised
4: about coming to the UK. Not so much that where they're playing; the standard of the league is one. The cities they go to as well. Was that the same for you when you first came here?
1: Yeah, I didn't really know what to expect. Uh, I had had a few friends that played in the league, but I didn't really know what uh, you know what kind of hockey it was going to be, or or the fan base, or you know, all the things associated with with the game. But um, I was pleasantly surprised, and I really enjoyed my time there. So I'm excited to be back. You mentioned the Elite Series there. Were you able to watch any of the games? And if so, what did you make of what you saw? I did watch a few of the games. It was tough with the time change. Um, and our our schedule, um, I was in, in Utah and Colorado a little bit this year. and um, So that was a little bit difficult to watch the full games. But, yeah, I mean, it was amazing that they were able to, to pull it off and it was a six-week season or something like that. And, and um, you know, something is a little better than nothing. Uh, I know from first-hand experience, sitting at home sucks. So I'd much rather be playing.
4: Now, uh, the, the pandemic has, has caused a lot of issues in all sorts of ways, especially ice hockey players. Take us back to the middle of March last year when really it all kicked off.
1: Yeah, it was it was upsetting and frustrating for us. I thought we had a really good chance of going far um, in the playoffs and in the championship. And, you know, when we found out the season was going to be canceled, I think we were all very disappointed and, and, um, you know, I'm happy that I'm able to come back and hopefully, you know, we can uh, rekindle that that spark of our team and, and, you know, do well again this year. So, yeah, we're really excited.
4: What's it like working under Tim Wallace and Guillaume Doucette? I know Guy from his time in Glasgow, for example. I know he's a very demanding guy, but, you know, a good a good guy to have around as well. What was your experience of him?
1: Um, I had actually played with, with him in Alaska Couple years prior, so I knew him on a more friendship side, more than uh, a coaching side. But it's funny because you you get to the team, and you you know you have to separate your friendship from you know the business side of it, where he's now your coach. And you know I have a lot of respect and a lot of time for Tim. Uh, He's uh, a player's coach, I would say, Uh, very respectful of the players' time and respectful of their abilities and. Um, I can't say enough about him. I thought he stepped up, stepped right into the role uh, of being a full-time head coach and and did a very good job. I mean, it was tough. We started off the season, I think we were, I don't know our exact numbers, but we weren't winning too many games in our first 15 and um, you know, uh, he just stayed positive with us and made sure that we were doing the right things. And, you know, we finally climbed out of that big hole and, and then we started to, capitalize on on some of the things that he was saying. So, yeah, I have a lot of respect for Tim and uh, I'm excited to play for him again. And you mentioned that
4: the poor run to start with when you first started there, you get the sense of just how demanding the fan base are, if that's the right word, given they have got a history of success. They expect victories every night, don't they?
1: Yeah, and and so do we as players. We expect victories. Um, You know, the fans are no different. They're paying their good hard-earned money to come watch us play. And we want to make sure we put a good product on the ice for them. And uh, it's no different as if we were in another job, um, and they were, um, you know, if we if they were employing us, kind of thing is what I'm trying to say. And um, so, yeah, we want to make sure that we're doing all that we can on the ice, and and get to put put a good product on there so they enjoy themselves when they come to the rink.
4: So your year has basically been spent, as you mentioned, between Colorado and Utah. Colorado Eagles and Utah Grizzlies. How have you found this season? Been back in North America
1: and playing, given the conditions we've all been under. It's uh, it's been difficult. It's uh, definitely a little bit of a challenge. But um, you know, I find that we're very lucky that we you know there's a lot of people that are um, not in the position that we are as far as playing and, and working and uh, living somewhat of a normal life. So uh, I found myself very fortunate this year to be playing again and uh it's, you know to be up and down between Colorado and Utah was it was challenging at times um you know a lot of travel and uh, a lot of practice time and um you know I didn't uh, play a ton this year uh and and the times that I did it was maybe a little bit frustrating because I, I felt like I couldn't really get into a rhythm but um you know that uh, sparks a little bit of motivation for me for next year and. Um, I want to make sure that I work extremely hard this summer to to have a better season coming into this year.
4: Speaking to a lot of guys over the course of the last year, the one theme that stuck with me is is the way that they kept saying they wanted to try and stay positive. You know, in your case, for example, you didn't, you didn't get back into action until about January. I'm right saying Utah finally picked you up. So what was that like between March and January, just trying to stay positive, keep yourself fit, and just wait for the call to come?
1: It was... Uh you know, it was difficult. Yeah. we uh, you know, is was in my house a lot of the time trying to stay in shape and gyms were closed. The rinks were closed. So I couldn't skate, couldn't work out, um, in a gym. So I had to, you know, lift a bunch of water bottles and things in my house to try to stay active and try to stay fit. Um, you know, and, and same with you guys with the lockdown. So we, we couldn't really go anywhere doing too much. So, um, it was difficult, but I tried to make the most of it. And like you said, try to stay positive and, talked to my agent and hopefully there was opportunity starting to come in. And, um, you know, I felt like at this point it was uh, the best option to stay at home this year and, uh, you know, come back to Europe uh, for the following season.
4: Now, as I was looking there just before I spoke to you, Kevin, you are about to embark on the, the Kelly Cup campaign. They're in the, the semi-finals. Your name not listed on the roster. Can I ask Why?
1: Uh, yeah, so I finished a year with Colorado in the American Hockey League, and um, after the the season was finished, then I came home here.
4: Cool. But this is it now. We're into summer, I suppose, some degree of normality as you start to prepare for, for a new season. What do the next couple of months look like for you?
1: Yeah, just working out and uh, trying to get myself in, in good shape, get back on the ice a little bit. Now that things are starting to open up, the rinks are opening up, and um, get back on with my goalie coach and work on my game as much as I can. And just get myself ready for uh, for September, and of course, excitement will start to build over the weeks to come as well. You're already looking forward to coming back to the UK and seeing some old faces as well. That's right, yeah. With uh, you know, we've got a really good core that is coming that is coming back already, and a lot of guys I played with when I was there. And um, you know, there's some few new faces that were on the team with the Elite League series, and uh, I'm excited to meet them when uh, when we get there.
4: Now that, that that Elite Series is in the bag, the club won that. What can that do for confidence next season for, for a lot of the guys who played in that? Um, you know, obviously, the unfinished business is, is probably the main thing from the, the season, the last season that we had. But what does that do for confidence? The fact that there is a some level of championship in the bag.
1: Yeah, a little bit of swagger going into the season and a little bit of bragging rights going in as well. And um, you know that that always helps. And if you look at uh, the the teams that have won the Stanley Cup and the NHL, you know the next year they have a little bit of. A little bit of cockiness, a little bit of, uh, you know, we won this thing last year, so let's try to do it again. And I think uh, it can only help in the start of the season coming in, and especially with a lot of the guys that were in that elite series coming back for this year, it's uh, only going to breed more confidence. So I'm excited to be a part of it.
4: You're listening to the BIHO, part of the Sports Social Network. That was Kevin Carr, you heard it before the break, and he's returning to Nottingham. Another player returning to a club he we knows well is Scottish left winger Craig Garrigan, fresh from his spell in the Elite Series with the Panthers, and he's returning to Dundee Stars for a third season, and he couldn't be more pleased to be re-signing for Omar Pasha's side. Craig kindly took the time to chat to me about it and spoke about how pleased he was to be back home.
2: Yeah, it's uh, great to be signing back to Dundee for the, for my uh, third season. Um, after my stint and not on him for the Elite Series, uh, as soon as I got back... Uh, I was in contact with Omar, and uh, we spoke over the phone, and, you know, we were both in agreement, we wanted to get things underway in terms of signing and uh, deals and that, so uh, that was that was done right away, and, uh, you know, I was kind of like second time lucky, because I'd actually signed for last season, the season that never happened, so, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm more optimistic that uh, the season will happen this season, so... Uh, yeah I'm just happy to be back in Dundee and playing at home again
4: and I know Omar rates you quite highly as well and it must be nice knowing that a coach values what yeah. you can bring to the team
2: yeah definitely uh, uh, he was he actually kept kept in touch with me over the Elite Series so he even though he wasn't at the Elite Series whenever I was making mistakes or something he was still doing his coaching and stuff like that so it was, it was good to keep in touch with him during that and uh no, it's it's nice that he values me highly as a player and, you know, believes in me that I can go out there and do a job for the team. So, you know, it's it's nice to have a coach that, that has that belief.
4: You're saying Omar kept in touch with you throughout the Elite Series. Was he maybe a little bit worried that a team like Panthers would maybe snap you up for next season?
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, I want, I don't want to say he was a bit worried, but, um i <laughs> you know, he... he he kept telling me that I was playing better as the games were going along. And I think uh, I knew that he, he wanted me back and we'd actually spoke before I went to Nottingham. Um, and because he had actually told me about the elite series before it had actually been released mm. and um, to the public. And he actually told me, you know, there's a great opportunity. You should go do this. And, uh, but he was like, but I want you back. You know, he's like, I, <laughs> I, want, I want you back. as I was like, don't worry. I was like, I want to come back to Dundee. I'm um, I'm enjoying my time in Dundee, so yeah, that, that's what that's what you can't tell me.
4: <laughs> I know Omar can be quite persuasive, and I know you I know you enjoy working with him as well. What's it like having a coach like that? You know, Omar he's a great guy to talk to off the ice. I've, I've dealt with him many times, but as a coach as well, how much do you value his input into your career?
2: Yeah, um, so my my first year at Dundee was obviously with Omar. So that's this is my first kind of time having like professional hockey and you know a coach of his stature um but off the ice you know Omar is a happy-go-lucky guy you get re- on really well with him you know can't say really a bad thing about him um but I I just really enjoy playing for the Dundee Stars and you know he's he's a coach that I can see myself you know playing for for quite a while.
4: And it seems to me as well that Omar has really embedded himself in the city. I know he's got roots now, obviously. he's He's got a young child now along with his good lady. So he's obviously well-rooted in the city as well. And that's got to help too. He's not a coach that you can see taking off anytime soon.
2: Yeah, definitely. And it's not just that. Um, you know, he always talks about, you know, making Dundee Stars a bigger team, you know, not just on the ice, you know, off the ice. Um, that culture he tries to, he's trying to build. And, that was one of the things I wanted to sign back at Dundee. I want to be a part of that. And um, everyone at Dundee, including Pash and the wards and that, everything that they do off the ice, you know, they do a lot of things on social media, you know, to try and involve the fans. And, you know, you see the videos that we do for like signing players. Like the Mm -hmm. fans love that. Um, And they were doing a lot of uh, these live streams during lockdown to keep, you know, the fans involved. So, um, that was a big reason why I came back to Dundee and to be a part of that kind of culture and try and increase that fan base in Dundee. It's, uh, that's a one thing that he really works to and I, I like that.
4: I've noticed that myself actually in the years I've covered ice hockey, the, the real um, footprint that, that Dundee stars have on the city now as well. Have you noticed more of an interest in the club in those last couple of years given that you're from Dundee and you know a lot of people um, there who've, who've maybe asked more about the club um, given your involvement with them?
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, I saw. Well, I've I've watched the stars since like a, a young age, obviously, because I'm from Dundee, and just even from when I was there the first season, I've seen a, a massive difference towards the end of my second year in size of attendance, and um, it's it's. I I just touched on it there. It's the little things that we do off the ice. So we do where. We do like school visits every week, or if it's even going on with the Dundee Stars Juniors and doing that little things off the ice, it makes a big difference. So every school visit we'll make, we'll you know hand out tickets for the families and try and bring in more families around Dundee that may have never watched hockey or even heard of the Dundee Stars before. So that that improves and improves the. Attendance and makes that much better. So,
4: so have you been teaching Omar any Dundonian words? Well, you've been with him? I'm from the west of Scotland, so I wouldn't even try and and, and put this on the listeners. But have you been teaching them some of the local lingo? Uh,
2: um, I haven't actually taught them taught them much, um, but <laughs> every every time I speak to them or any of the Canadians or Americans that that come in. Uh, I know I just try and speak a lot slower for them to understand me. <laughs> um, but I, I've been in that position before. I, I've played four years away in, well, America and Canada, and I've kind of learned how to slow my word down so they understand me. But um, <laughs> normally, if uh, Chris Ingalls and uh, Jordan County are talking to each other, their Dundonian really comes out, and I don't think he really understands them. But, but No, it's... Uh, I think he kind of under, he's starting to understand more the more he's been here. So.
4: And what about when you were in Nottingham for the Elite Series? Did you have to, to tone it down a little bit for the, the guys in that locker
2: room? <laughs> yeah. Um, I, well, I was meeting new guys as well. Um, obviously, some of them might have not even experienced a, a Scottish accent, to be <laughs> honest. Um, the, the guys of like uh, Domingue, Tasse and Beauvan, like the French uh and even, even Guy, you have to speak to him a bit slower and uh because obviously the French, Canadian, it's kinda harder for them to understand uh some of it, not even English, but just a Scottish <laughs> accent. It's a, bit, it's a bit different. So
4: yeah. <laughs> I know that one. I know that one. That's yeah. surprising given that Gee spent a year in Glasgow as well.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah.
4: But looking back on that, that elite series, I mean, it was a great tournament. I watched the majority of games. I was pleased to to see, like, see yourself as a Scot, like see yourself and and Liam Stenton come out as winners of it as well. Just talk about that experience and and playing with a different room of guys and working with someone like Tim Wallace.
2: Yeah, I I loved every minute uh, playing down in the elite series for Nottingham, and uh, obviously winning it makes it that much better. But uh, yeah, it's playing playing for Tim is uh you know, a different experience, you know, he's got, like, a lot of experience and, you know, he's played in the NHL and stuff like that. You could see that when you co- he coaches. And uh, w- one big thing that, you know, halfway through the Elite Series, we were actually kind of, wouldn't say we were struggling, but we were at the bottom of the, the league, right. the table, as, mm-hmm. as you could say. And um, we were playing well, but nothing was kind of clicking. And you, we actually changed our systems and you could you See that that's the kind of coach he is. He, if someone's not working, he's got other stuff that he could bring in. And we changed a few things and we turned really the elite series around for ourselves. Every game since from then, we uh improved every single game. And uh, it's good to see you know, players like Stan, young players like Stan, in um, getting that opportunity in that ice time because he was playing regular minutes. You know, we, we had we had 60. And uh, he was included in that 16. He was getting regular minutes. And I know the Elite Series was for, you know, the British the GB players to get that ice time, but it was great for young Brits or Bits like myself to get that ice time and, you know, to kind of show that you can, you know, we can play with the big guys or the imports and really play on a show, so...
4: And it must do wonders for your your confidence as well, the fact that you've come out of there with a trophy to show for your efforts as well, be part of a, I don't know if you can call it a championship winning team, but a team that's won something.
2: Yeah, definitely. That's the thing. We first went in there, um, you know, Tim told us, he was like, you know, we're not here just to have a good time. Well, of course, have a good time, but, you know, we're here to win. Every time you step on that ice, you want to win. And, um, you know, that's that's that was our main focus. We wanted to every time we stepped on that ice, you we know, wanted to compete to our best. And um, no, definitely, we just, uh, just sorry, I just completely forgot what you are saying there. Um, so <laughs> well, sorry, what well, did you even ask me then? The but well, just the, the
4: experience of being part of a team that that's come out and won something. Then that must do wonders for your experience.
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. When it comes to to winning, uh, I can take that. I I saw what it takes to win a, you could call it, a championship. Yeah. Um, I could take that into Dundee. And um, when it came to playoffs, um, I actually, a couple of games before the playoffs, I, I saw a couple of games because we had 14 forwards. So that was kind of denting in my confidence. And then um, I spoke to Tim and he actually told me, you know, be ready come playoff time. You're going to play. And when it came to the playoffs, I actually played my best four games of the series when it came to the playoffs. So that was huge for my confidence going into, going into next season. I could take that into next season and, you know, I know what, what it takes to win now. So,
4: And it must be a little bit um, frustrating to the point where just, just as you're saying there, you felt you played your, your best four games in the latter stages. Just when you're finding that rhythm, the tournament comes to an end and that's you till well, September.
2: Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of tough because during during lockdown, I I was actually trying to I was working and stuff, but we weren't on the ice at all, and we weren't even able to train. So I was trying to do my bit and keep myself in shape. And um, I was actually in the best shape that I had been off the ice. And uh, this elite series came up, and you know I I was more than ready to to take take the opportunity. But now it was weird because I actually felt like it we had a lot of games in a short period of time. So I felt like an actual season, but now now that it's done and we've got, got the season to look forward to next season, um, you know, it's just all about keeping yourself in shape and, you know, have that drive to keep yourself going. And uh, I'm just so excited to get going again for next season.
4: What was it like being part of the draft? Then, for me, as a neutral watching it, it was fascinating to see whose name was going to come up next. Seeing that the trades that the team's done, as a player, what was it like to sit there just waiting and praying for your name to get to get the call?
2: Yeah, it's, uh you could say, it was a bit nerve wracking because I, when the list came out of all the players, there was there was a lot of good players in that list, and I wasn't sure if I was going to get picked or whatever because. I know that Omar had been speaking to Guy they they're good friends and stuff like that and he put a good word in, but I had no idea. I was literally just sitting on the couch waiting and it, it was quite nerve wracking not knowing, you know, when or if I was gonna get called out. But, you know, the draft itself, I think it was, you know, it's great to be a part of. You know, I don't think there's gonna be another draft in an elite league again. You know, because we, hopefully we're not in this position of a pandemic again. But I think it was great for the league and the fans to watch as well. You know, I'm sure they love that.
4: So we're now in June. The season starts. We're looking at September. I think you will start getting together maybe late August. What are you doing between now and then to, to keep the fitness up and well, basically to, to pass the time until you can get together and be part of the Dundee Stars again?
2: Yeah, so right now, obviously... Well, restrictions are lifted not, not long ago. We, uh, back in Dundee, we were able to get back on the ice. Uh, we can't have everyone on the ice because I always say yeah, restrictions and stuff. But um, I'm, I'm on the ice just now every so often during the week. Um, I'm in the gym as well just about every day uh, on weekdays. But even that, because we've been out of hockey for so long, I've, I've also been working um, you know, I've got to earn my money um without without of hockey. Um so that's kept me ticking and kept me busy because, you know, you can't just keep training and you know, going on the ice and then you've got nothing else to do. So that's kept me ticking throughout lockdown and I'm gonna be keep doing that until, you know, come up hockey season and make sure that I'm ready to hit the ice running.
4: Before I go, um, we're heading into European Championships in the football are you a bit of a football fan will you be watching Scotland in the first tournament in 23 years
2: oh definitely I'm, a, I'm actually going down to London to watch uh, them play England so oh
4: fine yeah
2: Fantastic. yeah I've got I've not actually got a ticket for the game but I'll, I'll be down there and having a having a couple <laughs> of drinks in the game so yeah I, I can't wait for it you know first major tournament of what two, 20
4: years or something? 23 years
2: 23 years so that's been a long time um, so In fact, hold yeah, on, I've
4: got your, your page here, you're, you're, you're twenty-three now. In fact, you were yeah. a big in Scotland yeah. ninety eight. That makes me feel old. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, well, I honestly I can't wait. I think our first game's Monday. I'm not That's sure. Right. But yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm I'm buzzing. Hopefully hopefully we can we can beat England, but that'll that'll be a uh, nice on the kick. <laughs>
4: This is the BIH show, part of the Sports Social Network. Good to have you back. One man we're all keen to see do well is Netminder Ben Bounds, who enjoyed another excellent World Championship tournament with Great Britain. And he's back in the UK after quite a season. He signed for Austrian Bet at Home Ice Hockey League side Graz 99ers last summer, got injured, played in the Elite Series with Nottingham Panthers and starred for the national team. When we caught up with him, Ben was still in quarantine at home after returning from Riga, so we began by asking him to basically sum up those last 12 months. Yeah,
0: it's um, pretty cliche, but it's 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 uh, been definitely a roller coaster ride. Obviously, it's it start with a lot of excitement. Well, start with uncertainty. Uh, if you rewind it all the way back with COVID and everything, not knowing what leagues are going to play and what's going to happen. Obviously, the Austrian league had the transfer stop, uh, so they weren't announcing guys. We weren't sure what exactly were happening. Uh, if we'd and if it didn't play, if we'd get paid or not, and things like that. So. Um yeah, it was a bit of uncertainty even, even on that, even though you'd signed, it was still uncertain whether you'd actually have that job. Um, so then it changed to excitement, obviously get there. Um, bit of a up-and-down preseason. Not not great, not horrendous, but um, not my best by any stretch. But, yeah, got going, played really well for the first two games in that first period, and then obviously a bit of a, a daft play. And, um, obviously, it ruins my year pretty much And to get told that you're out for eight to ten months, which I think would have taken me to June to August, was a comeback time. And um, yeah, to, to make it back after 15 weeks, that's obviously a huge up again. And then to obviously have the season finished like it did in Graz, where a massive down again. And uh, the Elite Series, even that, we've made a lot of changes to my game. And they weren't quite instinctual at the time. So I'd have flashes where I were really good and better than what I've than what i ever been. And then flashes where I was quite bad because I was thinking about what I was doing. So even the Elite Series were an up and down um, series for me. Um, but then luckily we finished on a high with GB, um, probably one of the highest that I've ever been at.
4: And you just summed it up there. It couldn't be any more up and down if, if you tried, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, I'm not, I'd do it all again, but like to change a few things,
0: but yeah, it's uh, definitely been a ride.
4: When I last spoke to you, you were just on the verge of coming back from injury, uh, that, that injury that kept you out for, for so long. Is it fair to say you needed the, the GB camp to go so well for you, given it had been such a, an up-and-down season, and you, your form, by your own admission, had fluctuated a little bit?
0: Yeah, I mean, that that's kind of, it. to be fair, the hardest bit was probably to get my head around it all, because you just get frustrated. Uh, I actually were playing really well in Graz, even when I came back, uh, especially considering everything, uh, like I said, we came back early. Um, without going into too much detail, we I kind of—I think—they kind of just wrote me off. Thought, well, the year's done. But I don't think they realised how hard Brits work and how hard I personally worked to get back to. It. I think they really underestimated that. And I think players in the past that they've had that have been injured just kind of sit out and accept it, whereas our gonna make sure i came back and then in the end uh came back and actually came back early for them when they asked me to and it meant that i wasn't quite where i wanted to be and if i'm honest i couldn't really move in that net because i still had a lot of stiffness and a lot of scar tissue built up so um yeah i think considering everything i played i actually i were actually pretty happy with how i was playing in grass um but we still made a lot of change the goalie coach came in from Sweden as an unbelievable goalie coach actually nice works with the under20s national team in Sweden and the Swedish Federation is unbelievable we we changed um a theory to my game plan we changed a lot of things within the the footwork and, and my game and stuff like that and those then continued to, um, to carry over working with you and in, in Nottingham and like I say it, it was frustrating at times because it weren't quite instinctual I think that's the easiest way to put it you're having to think basically and that's when you get killed, uh, that's when you concede. You're thinking about what you're doing rather than stopping that puck and you react a little bit slower and gaps open up. But luckily for me, because Ewan did such a good job in Nottingham and then in the GB camp, it, everything seemed to just click and everything went into place ready for that Slovakia game.
4: And Ewan has obviously played such a big part in consistency as well. And that would have helped too, going from the Elite Series to, to GB as well. How hard have you worked with them over those last few weeks to, to get you back into tip-top shape? Well, I think he's worked probably even
0: harder than us. Um, all the shots he had to do, he'd, he'd rip them all on us uh, in warm-up before, uh, before everyone started shooting on us. And before training got going, we'd jump on there early and would be firing them around and running us through drills. And he'd be dripping with sweat probably even more than we were. So uh, we got our breaks in between and he didn't. But no, Ewan's been absolutely awesome. He's uh, been massive for me. i will not pump his tyres too much because his, <laughs> his head will get too big. He'll, he'll love it. But no, um, he, he's been amazing. And... I gotta obviously give credit to Nisa as well back in Grass because he stayed in touch. He's actually spoke with Ewan back and forth. And I think that's what's great about the goalie community. It's the coaches and, and the goalies, it's it's not like uh, we're all hiding our secrets and we're not kind of territorial if you want to call it. Um everyone shares with everything. And it were I thought it were awesome how Nisu and Ewan uh communicated and communicated with myself and made sure that everything happened right. And yeah, I, I think you and without Ewan, you, I wouldn't have been in that situation that I was. Are uh, that prepared um, going into Slovakia?
4: Now, in the elite series in the world, you had Jackson Whistle working alongside you. Talking about the the goaltending community, how how big uh, has been Jackson Whistle for you in helping you get back into into the swing of things as well? He's certainly given you some competition and um, for that spot between the between the, the pipes.
0: Yeah, um, I think in the series he was it was awesome. I thought it was really good. I think he he really tied his game up and controlled a lot of a lot of his movements. Uh, better than I've ever seen him do before I thought it was it was unreal in the elite series and without him we wouldn't have probably been in that final he was a better goalie going into it and um I think you have to give him credit for all that and and that kind of poked me a little bit more and and made me work even harder and thinking well I've got even more work to do than what you kind of realize coming into it but saying that as well we also are will killing and not and given uh everyone obviously not really know about him or write him off because was a third goalie but to see how hard Will worked as a young kid and getting to work with him and give him tips. And then the same with, with heads out in Slovakia. It's, we've had a really good um, goalie group in both Nottingham and GB.
4: Now, you're just back from Riga, uh, the World Championships. GB, again, performed really well over the, the seven games. It looked as though you guys were much better prepared for it this time. You had a better idea of the sort of opposition you were up against.
0: Yeah, and I just realised why I keep saying Slovakia instead of Latvia. Um <laughs> It's because someone had asked me a question about Slovakia before I came on. Um but yeah, no, I think the the big difference for us was confidence and belief. And I think going into Slovakia we we kind of see, I got it right that time. Uh, but going into Slovakia, I think we had a bit of I don't know, maybe people said that maybe we're in awe. I've heard a few players say that, but I don't think that's that's right. I don't think we were in awe of the people that we were playing in all the situation. I think we we're excited, but I think we were maybe not scared either, but we were just expecting bad things to happen a little bit and we were waiting for teams to obviously demolish us. I mean, when you're a nation that's uh, not been up there for 25 years and not stayed up for 51 years, it's it's bound to obviously play in your mind. you got all the people on social media and stuff writing you off before it's even started. Although sometimes that's a positive. Um, But no, I think we kind of, we were waiting for stuff to happen. And I think even you look right back at the Germany game, they were there for the taking. We should have taken something out of that game and, we pulled it back to one-one, and then obviously I think we thought, oh no, like we're actually in this. What's going? To, when's it going to happen? When's it going to happen? And it never really did. But obviously we did sit back and concede those two goals, so we lost. But I think we could have got a point or two out of that game, and it was the same all the way through. And I think even against France, we went 3 0 down, but I thought we started off great, and then maybe sat back a little bit and thought, oh, hang on a minute, like when are fans going to come back and and push against us? And they did that. We conceded three, and that's when I think we were at our best. When we just thought, right let's just go, i trying to say it politely than any of the swore, but you think, well, just go for it. Let, let's get our heads from out of our arses and, and just go. And that's when GB are at the best. And I think we went into this tournament knowing that we were up there on our own, um, off our own backs, basically. We, we'd made it and we stayed up there for a year. And that, that kind of just spurred us on. I think we had that confidence. The systems uh, were probably more adventurous as well. I thought the systems, the way that Pete, Corey and Kiefer set us all up was amazing was really, really good, really, really positive. Um, and we were all about getting from one end to the other as, as fast as possible, getting out of our end, and getting into theirs quickly. And I think that was a big uh, factor. Did you miss that Scottish voice coming from the bench that you're so used to when you're playing for GB? Uh, well, we saw him on Zoom plenty, so um, <laughs> yeah, we didn't get away from him that much.
4: <laughs> now, of course, I mean, when you look back at the, the competition, scored more goals than Slovakia conceded less goals than Slovakia. Performances, I think, a lot more consistent throughout as well. And again, just a reflection of just how much GB grew in this tournament.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, Obviously, everyone knew going into it that the goals had to come down against and the goals for had to go up. And that's exactly what they did. Uh, But the big thing was, at, at the end of the day, if you only concede one goal, you only have to score two to win. And I think... The the focus was on keeping it out of our net a lot more. We knew we had people we could do the damage up front. We had Kirky, Dowdy, Hammy. Um, just just like like before, everyone could do damage. All the lines could do damage if we wanted to. Um, so it was a case of just just keeping it tight at the back, giving ourselves a chance. And I think we pretty much did in, in almost every game.
4: So, what does next season look like for you? Then, what is the is the plan? Are you going back to Graz? I couldn't see anything that. To say that you were going back, is this, is this the plan? No,
0: they actually they called me in about two days after the season had finished and said they, they weren't having me back. Um, they released a statement with me, and I think it were four of the guys the day after that, just announcing that we were the main four that weren't returning. So that like a bit of a kick in the nuts after everything mm-hmm. that you've gone through and come back from. But uh, it's business, hockey's business at the end of the day. They had a bad season and they have to be seen to do something. I totally understand that. Um, whether you like it or not, that that's that's how it goes in life. But uh, no, it's I would like to be in Europe. There's obviously options uh, back at home to to stay at home uh, in the British league, and there's a lot of positives to that as well. But I think it would be nice to go abroad, and especially after the World Championships, maybe get something and and run with that for you without being injured. But at the same time, um, if we're back at home and we're, we're loving it in the UK, then that there's nothing wrong with that and. If I came back to the UK and had uh, the rest of my career in the UK, I'd be I'd be super proud of that retiring as well.
4: And finally, just before we go back to GB, obviously the, the tournament is finished with, but we've talked about so much of it, the, the positives. How does that stand you in good stead for going to Finland next year? And it is Finland, just to keep you right on that one. <laughs>
0: um, no, you know, I, I can't wait for Finland. It's a proper hockey nation. Uh, one of my good friends has finished Passy writing and so it'll be good... Um, good to get some advice from him. I think we're in uh, Tampere or however you pronounce that place. Tampere, yep. Yeah, Tampere. And, uh, yeah, I can't wait for that. I think the Finnish fans in Slovakia were amazing. Uh, I can remember getting swamped by him. We we went out into town. I went to meet my parents and Jade, actually. Um, and I can remember a load of Finnish shirts walking over to me. They obviously saw me in my GB already and come over and notice me and took a few photos and tried speaking to me and stuff so yeah they were they were out in in numbers I mean the GBSC were there going crazy and the finish were were probably even bigger than the GBSC the support for them were amazing so I can't wait and I think the the big thing is just having fans back in those arenas it's like I I was saying to someone the other day like it's it's great that we've been able to play well some of us have been able to play out one of the lucky ones and but even looking at football, I mean, sport's sport, but it's not the same without fans. Um, and it, it's hard enough for us without them, but we're the ones that get to play it. And I can't imagine being in a fan's shoes when you, they're obviously live and breathe their teams. They're, they're a part of its day-to-day life, being a part of the social media stuff, their own team's journey. And then going from that to not being able to go and watch, Not and obviously in the UK, not having any spot on whatsoever in terms of hockey, That's got to be hard for fans, and I think it's going to make not just the players um, appreciate even more. I think it's going to make the fans appreciate even more when they go back as well, and I'm really excited to kind of start playing again and and have fans in buildings because it's just so much more fun, and it's so much more meaningful to play with uh, fans in the stands,
4: basically. Welcome back to the BIHO, which is part of the Sports Social Network, the UK's first dedicated sport podcast network, so find the next show you'll love or join the team at www.sport-social.co.uk. Before the break, you heard from Ben Bounds, and I'm sure it won't be long before he's snapped up and doing what he does best. Before we go, let's tell you about some new sponsorship opportunities with British Ice Hockey. We'd love to hear from you if you'd be interested in coming on board with us. For further information, drop us an email to news at icehockey.co.uk, And among other things, you could hear your company's name here on the BIH show. As always, news and articles can be found on BritishIceHockey.co.uk. Don't forget to like our Facebook page, follow us on Twitter at BritIceHockey, or even follow me at B.I.H. Craig. We're also on Instagram too on British Icehockey. My thanks this week go to Richard Hager, Kevin Carr, Craig Garrigan and Ben Bounds for their time and coming on the show. Join us next week for another new episode and I'll talk to you then. Take care of yourself. I'll be back soon. Bye for now.
1: <laughs>